With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected. And picked up Mosey. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is part two of Midweek with Manish because yesterday we had so much to say that there just wasn't enough time to get it all in. So we are going to pick things up where we left off talking about the Jets draft performance as we head to their second pick in the third round, number 79 overall. Yesterday, Manish, you said that you believe that the Jets should have taken Matt Hennessy, the center, out of Temple at number 68 instead of Ashton Davis, the safety, out of Cal. And you believe they were counting on Hennessy falling to them at number 79. But of course, instead, he went one pick ahead of them to the Falcons at number 78. Certainly possible that they would have gone with Hennessy if he had been there at 79, but he wasn't. So instead, they grabbed Jabari Zuniga, the defensive end slash linebacker from Florida, 
I wasn't crazy about this pick just because of the injuries, the inconsistency. There had been some whispers about some off-the-field stuff. Matt Miller and Connor Rogers at Bleacher Report had said they had heard some character issues in terms of work ethic and maturity. So that makes me a little bit nervous. I get the thinking here, though. He's an explosive player when he's healthy, so there's a lot of potential there. And he could either be on the outside or, as you said, if they start to transition more to a 4-3, I don't see him being a defensive tackle unless he puts on a lot of weight, but he could be on the outside of that line in a 4-3 defense, so certainly a possibility there. I didn't hate the pick, but I really didn't like it, so I gave it a C plus. As you pointed out, Manish, there were other options I would have gone for here. Lynn Bowden Jr. is a possibility. I would have preferred Brian Edwards. I think he would have been a really nice complement to what they got with Denzel Mims because Edwards is more of that straight-up possession receiver. They could have gotten Lloyd Cushenberry since Matt Hennessy went before them. They could have nabbed the other center from LSU. Mississippi State corner Cameron Dantzler would have been another possibility here because as you said we know they wanted a corner so there were other options here that I just thought were better than Zuniga I get the thinking I understand it and if he stays healthy Zuniga certainly has enough upside to be a good player but I just didn't like the value here I gave it a C plus you went a little lower and gave it a C yeah I think uh that this would have been a really nice spot to get another option for Adam Gase and more importantly for Sam Darnold, for the long term. And uh, I thought was really interesting was what the the Raiders did uh, right after uh, the Jets picked at 79. Uh, they took both uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. and Brian Edwards uh, to help out their young quarterback and to help out their offense. So John Gruden put a premium on getting playmakers for, for the offense. And if there's any team in the NFL that needs an influx of playmakers, it's the Jets. And I thought that uh, either Bowden or Edwards would have been uh, a really smart pick there. I, I know they, uh, ba- uh, Brian Edwards is coming off injury. Uh, maybe that was a concern. Uh, but, you know, we, we didn't really talk too much in detail. But uh, Ashton Davis is coming off injury. They didn't have that much of a concern when they, they took him uh, 11 spots earlier. And look, if you if if you're examining this beyond 2020, I don't believe Henry Anderson will be a part of the team beyond 2020. So uh, I, I understand the idea of helping out your defensive line. Uh, Zuniga is a you know a twitch guy based off of what what you hear. Uh, he's got good get off uh, based on what you hear. Uh, he is coming off an injury. He's got a lot of confidence. I, I can tell you that. He's proclaiming himself to be the steal of the draft. We'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. So he's a highly confident player. It's also the third, oh, sorry, the, the second time in as many years that the Jets drafted a Florida defensive lineman in the third round. Uh, let, let's hope that uh, Zuniga turns out better than Ja'Kai Polite, who had some concerns off the field as well. Uh, but uh, I, I would have gone the offensive route. You had mentioned Lloyd Cushenberry, the, the LSU center, who was uh, available, who went four picks later to Denver. Uh, Cameron Dantzler is another guy that you and I had talked about in a previous podcast, a good press corner, good length, maybe not the deep speed necessarily. Uh, He went 10 spots later to Minnesota. But I really think that the opportunity to get a playmaker like Bowden Jr. was was something that the Jets should not have passed up on. Uh, You know, he's a Swiss Army knife type of player. Uh, You can kind of move him around. A creative offensive coordinator can do a lot of things with him. Would have helped out Darnold. That is the direction I would have gone. I'm frankly surprised that the Jets didn't go in that direction at that at this pick. 
Manish, the fourth round, we continue to agree because we agreed largely on the Zuniga pick. And then when we get to the fourth round at number 120, I didn't like this pick at all. I actually ended up giving it the same grade you did, a C-. minus. I just felt that this was a situation where there were better options on the board. You identified several of them. They could have gone for a different running back even. And there were a lot of other players that could have been had here. I know that I identified them on the show the other day, but Nick Harris was a possibility at center. You could have gone for somebody at wide receiver. I know you had mentioned Colin Johnson in the past, so they could have added him. I just didn't like the value here. Even if they wanted a running back, I thought there were better options. Anthony McFarlane Jr. And ironically, Eno Benjamin, who slid all the way to the seventh round for some reason. But LaMichael Pirine, to me, is just an okay running back, which is fine. But as far as I'm concerned, taking a guy like that at 120 is way too much of a reach. I think his ceiling is Bilal Powell, and all due respect to Bilal Powell, who's a good player, I just don't think that that's any kind of big deal, sort of a replaceable part to take in the fourth round. James Morgan, listen, I understand that Captain Morgan has the potential to maybe eventually grow into a decent quarterback, but the Jets had needs here that they needed to fill, and there were players that could have been had that could have come in and competed for starting jobs or at least been important role players day one. They did not need a quarterback at 125. If they would have waited till the sixth round, fine, but this is way too early. You gave this a D plus. I believe I gave it a D, so we're right on the same page there. And then Cameron Clark, you and I were pretty close. I gave it a B plus. You gave it a B. I thought that this was a really good pick. I'll be the first one to tell you, and I'm sure you'll say the same thing, Manish. I wasn't sitting there studying UNC Charlotte tape in the lead-up to the draft. After they picked him, I went and took a look at the Clemson game where he was very impressive. I've read a lot about him, and I've, of course, interacted with people who know a lot about offensive line and do this for a living, and they all really like Clark and his potential. They think he can slide inside and be a really interesting guard for the Jets over the long haul. Maybe not a starter in 2020, but could be in there in 2021, and perhaps him and Becton become two cornerstones of that line going forward. So I really like that one. Wasn't a big fan of the two before it. Talk to me about the grades you gave to these fourth round picks. I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to to all of these guys. Uh, P. Ryan, to me, look, he, he'll be part of a committee. I think that's what he's going to be at the next level. Uh, I don't. I just. I, I'm not overly impressed by by the pick uh, because I think I, I, was, I think I'm still smarting from the fact that they didn't draft an offensive player uh, at 79. They had that big gap. And, you know, they made that trade with the Patriots, which on paper was a, was a good trade, a good value for Joe Douglas. Uh, the Patriots uh, moved up to 101 to get the Virginia Tech tight end Dalton Keene. Uh, Bill Belichick obviously loved him to give up the draft capital. Essentially, uh, that's a trade where the Patriots were okay giving up probably the value of a late sixth, early seventh, an extra late sixth, early seventh. That's the additional value that Joe Douglas got. So on paper, when you look at the analytics, that's a trade uh, without the players, of course, but just from the picks. That's a trade that the Jets won over New England. But uh, you know, I, you know I, I don't. I'm not overly. Uh, I guess I just I'm just not blown away by the P Ryan pick. Like as you said, he's not a bad player. Just a complimentary running back. There were other options at that point. Uh, I actually liked Utah safety uh, Terrell Burgess uh, at, at that point. Uh, if they did not trade out of the 101 pick, but 
because they did. They were picking at 120, so he wasn't available. Uh, I thought the Clemson guard who was taken at 109, John, John Simpson, was also another guy that would have made sense if they stuck at one, 101. But they got good value in the trade. Uh, and then to move down to 120, take P. Ryan, not overly impressed by it, uh, but uh, it's a guy that can help out Le'Veon Bell in 2020. Le'Veon Bell will not be a part of the uh, equation in 2021, so maybe they bring in another guy to be in a backfield committee with P. Ryan. Uh, it also depends on who the head coach is, because if Adam Gase remains the head coach in 2021, he'll be fine with a running back by committee. In fact, that's what he prefers. That's why, partly why he didn't want Le'Veon Bell in the first place. So uh, maybe they'll just patchwork that backfield in 2021 if Gase sticks around. You know, we'll see. Uh, I could not agree with you more about James Morgan. This is not uh, an indictment on James Morgan, the player. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Terrific leader, really bright kid, uh, capacity to learn. Uh, I think all of those things matter. He's got a good arm, uh, so that won't be an issue. But he is a developmental player. I think he took some unnecessary chances in college. So his decision-making is going to have to improve. But uh, let's just be realistic. Uh, his ceiling for the New York Jets uh, is backup quarterback. And what I thought was interesting was that a few picks earlier, the Colts took Jacob Eason. And they took Jacob Eason with the possibility that he could compete after this year to be their starting quarterback. And now he may not ever be the, the Colts' starting quarterback, but their logic, I thought, was sound. If you're going to take a quarterback in the fourth round – at least give the guy a potential pathway to be your starter at some point. Now, he's not going to be the starter in 2020, of course. He has no chance of it because Philip Rivers is the quarterback in Indianapolis. But what I thought was, was smart by Frank Reich was that they took a quarterback that they thought, hey, you know what, maybe this guy can compete for a starting job in 2021. Well, that's obviously not going to be the case with James Morgan. And this isn't a, a situation where if Morgan lit up uh, the, the preseason this year, uh, and then had a good preseason in 2021, maybe you could flip him uh, and get uh, uh, you know quality draft capital. So you can't even do that because this is an unusual offseason. So you're going to see much, not much of anything from, from Morgan this offseason and in the preseason. So this year is a complete red shirt, and then who knows what happens in 2021. Uh, I, I don't understand the, the, this idea of you know taking – uh, a guy you can groom to be your backup quarterback, a guy who's obviously going to be the third-string quarterback this year uh, in the fourth round. Uh, I, I agree that there could have been uh, there were other options. They could have gotten round six. Uh, with initially they had two picks, they could have taken a backup quarterback there. Uh, there's a guy. There's guys they could take taken off the street that they had interest in. So uh, I, I just thought it was a little ambitious, uh, a, a little too early uh, for Joe Douglas, Adam Gase to take James Morgan in round four. I didn't, I didn't like the logic. Uh, I, I didn't like the pick. Uh, and again, this isn't necessarily a reflection on James Morgan, the player or the person. I just thought that uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was not the, the, the best decision in this draft for the, you know, this brain trust. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. We get to the fifth round, Manish, and this is where you and I are going to do battle big time again. You gave a C-plus to the drafting of Bryce Hall. I thought Bryce Hall easily could have been a third-round pick, and if he had come out the year before, probably would have gone in the first or second. As you even say in your article here, that ankle injury is not a career-threatening injury, and from what I understand from talking to people who are familiar with the situation, it sounds like he's very well on the mend. This is a guy who's a very instinctual corner, very physical. I think he picks things up really, really well and really, really quickly. Let's remember that this is something Somebody that showed up at UVA as a freshman with zero defensive experience ever. He was a wide receiver. They changed coaches and they told him, hey, we're going to try a cornerback. And he won a starting job at the University of Virginia, an ACC school with zero defensive experience. So this guy is a fighter. His character is through the roof. We're talking about a guy who teaches reading and writing to underprivileged children in his time off. He spent so much time in the film room that they actually have to kick him out of the film room. And you're going to learn all of this in a future episode that we do on Bryce Hall. I thought that the value here was absolutely tremendous. I would have been fine with them picking him in the third, certainly in the fourth, but to get him in the fifth, you lament how they didn't make a big investment at corner in this draft, but I think in a way they did because they just got lucky that a guy that they should have picked in the third or fourth slipped to the fifth. So I'm not going to penalize them for waiting. I'm going to give them the good grade because of the fact that a guy that they could have had earlier who has that kind of talent slipped to them. And I know that you like Colin Johnson and I do too, but I think that Bryce Hall was a much more needed pick here, especially considering the fact that they had gotten Mims earlier and hadn't gotten a corner. So to me, this was an A-plus home run pick. This might have been the best pick that they made in the entire draft, either him or Mims. I have no idea how you could give this a C plus, Manish. Uh, that's three A pluses. Wow, You're, you got basically Joe Douglas drafting three Hall of Famers already. Manish, hold on. Let's be clear about the grades here. As you said, it's not just about the player. It's about the value and where they got the player, and that's why I gave him the A+. If he took Bryce Hall in the third, I'm not giving him an A+, for that. But getting him in the fifth, I think absolutely that's an A+. Before we get to Hall, I just 
realized I did not speak on Cam Clark. And I agree with you. I gave him a, I gave that pick a B, uh, and I too did not break down uh, Charlotte film, <laughs> but uh, he's highly regarded, <laughs> uh, you know, as a guy who, uh, you know, can potentially be a starter in the future. But uh, he's also a high character guy. Uh, however, and there's always a however for all these picks. Uh, there was a cornerback that was on the on the board at the time the Jets drafted Clark at 129, and that was a, a small cornerback. He's five foot eight, five foot nine, depending on who you ask. Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech, uh, who I thought would have been an interesting pick. You know, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily look the part because he's short, but I, I thought that would have been uh, a pretty solid pick that could have helped out the on the back end. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna squabble with it because I, I do like the Clark pick, but I thought Robertson was a guy that, in fact, I know Robertson was a guy that the Jets liked and would have been an interesting uh, option. Uh, okay, now to Bryce Hall. Uh, it is not believed to be a career-threatening injury because we have seen players like Matt Milano in Buffalo, Delaney Walker, Alan Hearns come back from similar injuries. However, everyone heals differently. This isn't simply... Uh, a broken ankle. It was a fracture. It was a dislocation. He had torn ligaments. This is a serious injury. And I spoke to a one-team doctor uh, of, a, of, the, of a team, obviously not, not on the Jets, but a team that didn't draft him, but a team that did evaluate him and his condition. And it's pretty serious. And I hope for his sake that, uh, that he mends fully and he becomes the player that he's destined to be. But this is a serious injury. And I know that you know, you know, when we talk about injuries and guys who are hurt, who are drafted, uh, it's easy to say, well, look, he's going to be fully healthy at some point, maybe not in the next month or two months or three months, but you know, eventually he'll be healthy. He'll be the player that he, you know, that he was before he got hurt. I don't think you can necessarily say that about Hall. I hope for his sake that he is. Uh, you know, I, I really do, because of all the things that you mentioned earlier, he seems like a really solid kid with great character uh, and the injury. I, you know, I watched the injury uh, after they drafted him. It's a, it was unfortunate. It was on a punt return. I believe he got blocked and you know, rolled over. Somebody rolled over his ankle, but uh, this isn't a garden variety ankle injury. You know, it's, it's a dislocation that had torn ligaments involved along with a fracture. So there is an unknown there. And I don't think that the unknown should be fully discounted. Uh, I, I think that, Obviously, if it was a regular off-season, Jets doctors could have examined him more thoroughly uh, than they did uh, when they initially, you know, got a look at, uh, at at his medicals at the combine. I don't know what kind of player he's going to be. Frankly, I don't know how anyone can say that they know what kind of player he's going to be or how he's going to heal because it is a a real significant injury, unusual injury. It's not unprecedented because, as I said, there are other guys who suffered that injury and then came back. But I can't honestly, to be honest with you, Scott, I, I can't tell you what kind of players Walker, Hearns, and Milano were uh, before the injury. I, I didn't do the research on that. Uh, I just know that they came back from those injuries and they played again. But I don't know how much of a drop-off there was you know, pre- and post-injury. It, it, it's, a, it's a real injury that that – you know, could impact him moving forward. I, I hope for his sake it doesn't. I, I really, I really do. I've heard that he's a great kid. You know, prior to all the things that you just mentioned about him, uh, I, I heard he's a solid guy, uh, and I, I wish him the best. But uh, just from a health standpoint, 
there is a big unknown there. And I think anyone is fooling themselves if they don't at least recognize that there is a big unknown. So if you look at the other options, you had mentioned Colin Johnson. He's a player that you and I had discussed previously. I thought he would have been a terrific uh, option for Sam Darnold. He's a, he's a beast, 6'6", 222. I know you, you said you're a big uh, Texas fan, so you know mm-hmm. what kind of player he is. He's also a guy who slipped partly because of injury, but his injury was a hamstring injury, and those <laughs> things obviously heal properly. So I, I, mm-hmm. think, I think he'd be fine. Uh, there's also an offensive lineman that the Jets liked uh, from Kansas, Hakeem Adanajai, who ended up ultimately going 22 spots later to Cincinnati. Uh, that's a guy that the Jets potentially could have traded down for, but again, somebody on their radar who was taken after Hall. Uh, you know, I, I just think that you know the injury is such an unknown for me. Uh, people will look at it differently, and uh, I am uh, so high, I guess you know, as high as you can be for a fifth-round pick on Colin Johnson that I thought that uh, addressing uh, an offensive weapon for Sam Darnold in the passing game uh, would have made more sense. But again, Hall has the requisite skill set. Before he was injured, he was a high-quality player. You had mentioned that uh, you know he would have been picked higher, much higher, if he did not get hurt. I completely agree with you. I think talent evaluators across the league would agree with you as well. I think the big discrepancy is uh, what can you realistically expect coming off that type of injury. And, uh, and it's an unknown. Uh, you know, For his sake, again, I hope it works out for him, but uh, you know it, it's it's a it's a huge unknown for me. And when you got a guy like a Colin Johnson who was available, uh, I would have gone with Johnson there. I hear you, Manish. And if they would have taken him in the third, I could have understood the C plus grade. But to get him in the fifth, I just am mind boggled by the fact that you could give that a C plus. And then let's finish this out with the sixth round selections, where we're going to disagree again. You gave the Jets an A for their pick of Braden Mann at number 191. Now, I was fine with the pick, but come on, man. It's a punter. I gave it a B-. minus. <laughs> How are you giving an A to a pick of a punter? These guys usually are signed as undrafted free agents. And then in the sixth round with the 211th pick, they traded the pick to the Colts for Quincy Wilson. And as you pointed out, this pick went back and forth because it was the conditional pick that was going to go to the Colts for Nate Hairston. Those conditions were not met. And so instead, the pick goes back to the Jets and then they sent it to the Colts for Wilson. I gave this move a B plus simply because I think that Wilson has more upside than anybody that the Jets were going to be able to get at number 211. As you point out, he's a pedigree player. I think he was one of those guys that was just a bad fit after they did the switch in the defense. I talked to a friend of mine, George Bremer, who's going to come on the show and we're going to talk about this more over the next couple of days. But essentially, they had very high hopes for Wilson, but he just didn't fit their system. He fits what Greg Williams does a lot better. As you point out, he's only 23 years old, making $1.25 million. I know that they're giving up a couple of years of cheap team control because he's only got one year left on the deal. But to me, this is a matter of who else they were going to get. And there was nobody I was looking at that I thought was going to make any kind of impact. You mentioned Malcolm Perry. That's a feel-good story, but I don't see much future with him. So... To me, Wilson gets a B-plus because he's simply a much higher upside swing than anybody else they could have gotten. I think he has a chance to come in and actually compete for a starting job, whereas I don't see anybody else that was available at that point that could have fit that bill. And Braden Mann, I think it's a fine pick. I can't give a punter an A. I'm sorry, Manish. 
Wait, I want to actually backtrack again. I meant to mention this when we were talking about Bryce Hall. How did you feel about the Dexter McDougal pick in 2014, third-round pick, 80th overall? Wasn't thrilled with it. You did not? Okay. Because I, I'm trying to go back into my memory bank, and I remember not being thrilled with it either. And I, I remember the Jets, look, it's a, it was a different regime, of course, but I remember the Jets' justification being that people had forgotten about him because I believe he had an ankle injury and he didn't play. And, uh, and, and I guess the year before, he was productive. I just remember thinking at that moment, rightly or wrongly, when the Jets took Bryce Hall, Dexter McDougal kind of popped into my mind. And, and look, maybe that's unfair because you know McDougal obviously never uh, became uh, a contributor. And I don't know if that's because he was never destined to be because of his lack of talent or if it's because uh, you know he never really fully recovered from a shattered ankle that he had. That was pretty significant. Uh, but uh, I was curious. That's the only reason I brought it up. I, I didn't know. I'll say this, Manish. They picked McDougal in the third round, which is a lot higher, obviously, and a more valuable pick than the fifth. Also, I think Bryce Hall's a better player. So if they'd picked Bryce Hall in the third, then I think that this would have been more analogous. But the fact that he slipped to the fifth, I think, makes it a different situation. But I understand what you're saying. Uh, okay, now, the only A that I gave to Joe Douglas and company in this draft was, yes, Braden Mann. <laughs> uh, yes, he is a punter. Yes, punters, like kickers, matter. And I think, frankly, I'm a little disappointed in you, Scott, because as a Jets fan, you, of all people, should know the value of special teams and the importance of special teams. Mm -hmm. you know, we saw it last year with, with kicker, but punters matter. You can flip the field, especially mm -hmm. uh, last year when the Jets had so many opportunities to punt unfortunately, because their offense wasn't particularly good. And I think they, they led the league in punt attempts. Uh, to me, Mann is a guy, and this is going to sound funny, because you do have to take it uh, within the context of being a punter, but he can change a game by flipping a field. Now, he's not a quarterback or a running back or a, a receiver, edge rusher. You know, he's not going to have a, a pick six. You know, he's not going to impact the game that way. But punters do, good punters, I should say, they do impact the game in, in very important ways. And you're investing the 191st overall pick in a starter. Look, this guy, if he can stay healthy, you would presume he would be the starter for the next several years at the very least. And at that value, uh, so late in the draft, you obviously need a punter. I don't think it's as easy as saying, hey, you can just pluck a guy off the street because the Jets tried doing that with kicker last year, and you saw that that didn't work. So, uh, look, they were looking at Matt Darr, who was a player that Adam Gase had in Miami and a player that the Jets brought in last year to compete with Lachlan Edwards. Uh, you know, you wouldn't have anticipated a guy like him would have been brought in if they didn't draft a punter. I just think that man was so good at the college level uh, – now, you know, I think he's going to have to work, actually, on his hang time because he's out-kicking the coverage, uh, frankly, too often. But that's something that kickers, or punters, I should say, uh, can adjust to uh, and improve upon. Uh, I just think that that is, was a, an obvious need that the Jets had, a glaring hole. This guy is going to participate in every single game, and he can impact every single game. Uh, I'm not saying drafting him in the you know fourth or fifth round makes any sense because I don't. Uh, and there have been punters who have been drafted much earlier. Some of them turned out to be, or at least one of them turned out to be a Hall of Famer. 
So I'm not saying that uh, uh, that you know Braden Man's going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know that. I have no idea. But I do believe that you will see a tangible impact right away. I mean, the guy's a good punter. He's a legit punter, and he's a guy who's going to impact the game from uh, from week one. Uh, you know, I guess you could have gotten a developmental guy there, but. Uh, I love the pick. I really do. And I, I look, I'm not a I'm not a kicker or punter guy or special teams guy. I I prefer offensive skill position players for Sam Darnold. But I I really like the pick. Uh, I really think it was a smart pick. I think at this stage of the game, it's something that can be easily lampooned as you have done because and not you're not alone. I did not lampoon it. I gave it a B minus. I think it's a perfectly fine pick. I just think an A is way too much. I think that it deserves an A. I'm a very tough grader. I don't hand out A's very easily. In fact, as I said, uh, it's the only A that I gave out. So just so everyone that's listening understands, Denzel Mims trading down 11 picks to get a potential number one wide receiver in the second round, that is a B. Getting Bryce Hall in the fifth round, a guy that could have easily gone in the third, that is a C+. But getting a punter at number 191, that's an A. Just so everyone knows. So who is the of those three players? Who is the known, and who is the, who who has the greatest unknown, and who has the least unknown of those three players? Manish, are we really going to do this? You got to talk about positional <laughs> value here. Come on now, because otherwise, if we're going to go that route, Manish, Braden Mann should have gone in the first round for his known quantity. Uh, I just think that I, I've never been criticized as much uh, as give uh, as as I have in this podcast for giving a guy a B. Like, a B is a good grade. Scott, just think back when you were growing up, right? And you're in school and you got a B. Were you upset that you got a B? Depends. If I thought I could have done better, then yeah. If I thought I deserved Fine, better, then like, yeah. You, I think the disappointment in getting a B is that, ah, you know, I probably, I got one in an A and I, was, I probably could have gotten an A, but you're not crushed. But, yeah, but if I felt I deserved an A and I got a B, then I would have been mad. Yes, I totally agree. But if you're taking a class pass-fail and you get a B, you're moving on. <laughs> if you get a D+, plus, you got to take the class again. Okay, that's <laughs> not what we're doing here, but fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, look, we're going to disagree on Braden Man. I think it's actually great. I mean, I've gotten a lot of, uh, on social media, I've gotten a lot of opinions. I do like the pick, though, so let's not get that twisted. I'm fine with it. I just don't think it was the super-duper home run that you did, that's all. Right. Now, let, like, let's talk about the, the last pick that didn't occur. Uh, the trade happened, and Quincy Wilson is now a Jet. Uh, you know, what I thought was actually pretty funny is just the, the history of that 211th pick, which I forgot about until, you know, you look, you look into it. Uh, the Jets got the 211th pick the day that Mike McCagney was fired when interim general manager Adam Gase traded <laughs> Darren Lee. That's right. Because uh, if you remember... Darren Lee had been shopped by McCagnin. Uh McCagnin was holding out for a better pick, and uh, Gase wanted to trade uh, Darren Lee. Uh, uh, Gase and Greg Williams wanted to trade Darren Lee. They were fine with whatever compensation they could get. McCagnin was holding out, thinking that uh, you know, the, the value wasn't enough. Uh, so he kept holding, kept holding on to Darren Lee, and then McCagnin was fired, and then hours later, uh, Christopher Johnson gave Adam Gase the interim general manager title, and then Gase could not 
trade <laughs> Darren Lee fast enough, <laughs> and he got that 211th pick, and then uh, <laughs> the Jets traded the, the 211th pick to Nate, for Nate Hairston with the Colts, another cornerback from the Colts, and and as you know, you know Hairston had some brief moments of quality play, and then ultimately got benched. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, that uh, the pick that the Jets gave up for Hairston. Uh, went back to New York because it was a conditional pick, and you, you kind of forget uh, with these late, you know, conditional picks. Uh, you know, a lot of times they aren't met, and so you get the pick back. And I don't know what the the conditions were. It was probably a playtime, playtime percentage uh, uh, incentive in there uh, condition that wasn't met. So the Jets got their their pick back, and then <laughs> and then they ultimately boomerang that pick to Indianapolis again to get another cornerback. It's just like a weird dynamic. I don't remember uh, a situation like that where a pick was floated. How The, the origin of the pick was was interesting, and then getting bounced back and forth to the same team uh, for the same position is interesting. But, uh, look, Wilson is a pedigree guy. He was a second-round pick in, in 2017 for a reason. He was good in college, uh, good at Florida. He didn't work out there. You know, why he didn't work out, you know, remains debatable uh, whether it was scheme fit or uh, other s- situations but uh, he does you know have experience in the NFL that's the good thing the bad thing is you know financially speaking he's making 1.2 million uh, the guy that he would have drafted in that slot would have made about half that and the, the Jets would have had 4 years of team control over that particular player versus 1 year of control over Wilson who's going to be a free agent uh in 2021 uh, you know, you, I guess, look, when we were talking about the 211th pick, I'm not sure the fortunes of your franchise are going to turn on the 211th pick. I'm <laughs> just looking at potential other options that were available. You mentioned Malcolm Perry, the the former Navy quarterback who can play running back, receiver at the next level, a gadget player, I guess, in the truest sense, a really athletic player that the Jets had interest in in the run-up to the draft. Uh, who knows if he's going to make an impact. I just thought maybe that's a guy worth taking a flyer on. Uh, however, Quincy Wilson does address a need at cornerback that we have discussed. Uh, I don't know what kind of player he's going to be in Greg Williams' scheme. Uh, you know, I thought it, it was an average move. You know, to me, C is average. It's it's not something I'm going to stand up and give a standing ovation over. It's not something I'm going to chastise uh, either. You know, it was an average move. Uh, I personally, at this stage in the draft, I like the upside. I like the uh, the versatility. Uh, and again, just the way that the draft, Jets draft had fallen to that point, they had Mims, and after Mims, all they had done was draft the running back, P. Ryan, in round four. So uh, I would have gone with a third offensive option for Sam Darnold at that point. And and again, I don't know if Malcolm Perry is going to be anything in the NFL. I just know he's an extremely athletic player. The Jets were interested in him, and he would have been worth, uh, you know, that cheap in, that cheap four-year investment at that point. I like the Quincy Wilson move because I think he can come in and compete at the cornerback spot, and I think they really needed some youth and depth there. They added Hall, they added Wilson, and they did it for very cheap investments. Hall with the 158th pick and Wilson with the 211th pick. I understand what you're saying about the team control, but I just felt like the guys that were available at that spot were really not going to do much for them. And Wilson's somebody who legitimately has an opportunity to come in here and start. 
I don't know if he will, but for the upside that he brings, I thought it was a good move. So that's why I gave it a B plus. And obviously the Braden Man thing, we can joke about that. But I liked the move. I just think you liked it way more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I liked it a lot more than probably the Jets did either. <laughs> that said, I do think it was good. And I like the fact that I would hope that he's going to solve that punter issue for the next 10 years or so. And as Luke Grant joked on the show the other day, if Adam Gase runs the offense the way that he did last year, Braden Mann is going to get quite the workout this season. So we'll see how this turns out. Manish Mehta covering the New York Jets for the Daily News. Thanks so much for coming on, as always. Really appreciate it. I know you've got a ton of stuff coming up in the Daily News over the next couple of days. What's cooking over there? Well, you look at schedule time, right? The schedule is going to come out next mm-hmm. week, so we'll, we'll probably delve into that. Uh, I just did want to circle back one last time. Uh, Scott, what was your final grade for the draft? I gave it a B minus. I would say that I would have it somewhere in the B, B plus range. I think that Captain Morgan really hurt the grade a lot, and I didn't like what he did with the two Florida picks. But other than that, I thought he did a pretty good job. So I would say somewhere in that B, B-plus range. I didn't work out a final overall grade, like average it together the way that you would when you were in school. But B, B-plus range seems about right to me. Yeah, it's a weighted scale. So you know, two of my three best grades were the first two picks. and Those are probably the picks that are going to going to make uh, the most impact, at least the Jets fans and the Jets organization hopes that uh, the receiver and the potential left tackle are going to make the most impact. But, uh, you know, we're not going to really know for a few years uh, what this class looks like. Uh, I think we'll find out fairly soon which guys can't cut it. Uh, usually that, that that becomes obvious if a guy just can't, you know, can't uh, perform at this level within a year or two. But uh, I'll be fascinated to see uh, how Joe Douglas does because this is his, it was his first opportunity uh, in charge to make the final decision. And the fact that it was a, a unique draft uh, in that he was alone in the room, uh, even though he had, you know, the head coach and others uh, on his computer screen, uh, you know, maybe that gives the, the general manager a little bit more autonomy. So I think this is truly a Joe Douglas draft. And uh, you know, I'd be fascinated to see how, much, how many of these guys become foundation pieces because the Jets need more foundation pieces. And, uh, you know, typically if you can come away with three guys, that's a home run. But uh, just given the, the state of the roster, if Joe Douglas can some, somehow come away with four foundational pieces in this draft, that would be uh, you know that would be a home run. I think with what we've seen over the last couple of years, if he can come away with just four good pieces, let alone foundational, most Jets fans would be pretty happy with that. But as you said, over the next couple of years, we will find out exactly what this draft class turns into. Go ahead and read Manish in the Daily News. Follow him on Twitter at MMetaNYDN. If you haven't had a chance to give us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't take you much time. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.